Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome our guest today on Be Brave at Work. June Chin is an entrepreneurial leader who thrives in fast-paced and rapidly changing environments. She's a strategist, a catalyst, an operator, and the steward of assets. With strong domain experience in accounting, FP&A, data insights, and the technical marketing sides of the business, June is currently the CEO of Context Travel, a unique organization which operates as a network of scholars and specialists whose aim is to invite travelers off the tourist track and into the real life of the people, history, and culture of the world's greatest cities. June is fueled by a vision for a just and equitable society and the belief that every individual can make a difference. And that's why we're thrilled to have her here with us today, because when we think about bravery at work, it really is about every individual believing that they can positively influence others. June, welcome to our show today. Thanks, Ed. Great to be here. So I did a light introduction of you, and I'm just wondering if you could potentially share a little bit more about yourself and how you might be currently engaging in the marketplace. Sure. My background's in finance, Ed. And I spent a good part of my career in banking and emerging market investments. Um, but about a decade ago, I decided that I, I wanted to do something that spoke to my heart as much as my mind. So I took the leap and went in-house to work at a number of high-growth startups, building products and creating experiences that I really cared about. I've recently stepped up from the CFO to the CEO role at Context Travel, a travel brand and educational platform for the lifelong learner. As a travel industry leader during the global pandemic and lockdown, I guess you could say I know a thing or two about being brave at work. I would think so. And, you know, I'm just curious, June, before we talk about your thoughts about bravery and even have you share a bravery story, you know, this idea of stepping out of what you're currently doing. You know, many of us have gone to high school and college believing we were following a single path, potentially, and at some point saying, you know, I don't know if I'm making the right choice or there's actually something different that I really want to do. And it takes bravery to stop what you're doing and maybe even take a step back. And I'm wondering if you can reflect a little bit on what you were experiencing and either how easy or how hard it was to transition from one type of career path to another. Definitely. 
I would say that many people, I, and I hear this so often, people want to, they want to take a leap. They're, they're not happy with their current job, but it just feels like this insurmountable and scary thing because they don't know what it's like on the other side. Um, generally, I, I say not making a decision is, is making a decision in and of itself. So most don't even realize that they're, they're choosing a path. Um, they think they're just not doing anything and, and that makes it okay. But I, I would encourage, I'm always encouraging people to make a decision. And if it turns out that you're not happy with that, um, nothing is really permanent. You, you live, you learn, and you make another decision. Well, I am a huge believer that life is about choices. And I think every day, whether it's what we wear to work or what way we get to work or whether we stop for coffee or not till, you know, do I read before I go to bed or do I go to bed early? Right. There are constant choices that we're making every day. And I agree with you that if you're not loving what you're doing or think often about other things, that if you're not doing anything about it, it's not because you can't choose, it's you are choosing. You might be in denial, but you are choosing that uh, it's easier to stay what you're doing, uh, even if you don't enjoy it, than it is doing something a little bit different. And how about you, June, when you think a little bit about bravery at work, you know, what words or phrases might come to mind for you? Generally, I think bravery in the workplace is about saying or doing something that might make you feel vulnerable or uncomfortable. It's about being open and honest, taking risks in the spirit of continuous growth and improvement. But for me personally, especially when I think about the last year, being brave has meant being able to make decisions that need to be made, even when those decisions need to be made with limited or imperfect information. So uh, you're talking about what they might call the the 90 percent rule, that there are people who you know, need 90 percent of the information in order to make a decision and other leaders who operate with 60 to 70 percent of the information in order to make a decision. And of course, people who need 90 percent of the information uh, may take longer. Right. And sometimes you miss opportunities. Is that a little bit about what you're reflecting? That is what I'm reflecting. I would say. I've typically thought of it as the 80-20 rule. And for people that tend to be 90-10 people, I tell them 60-40. For people that tend to be 50-50, I tell them 80-20. And they usually, they usually find themselves someplace in the middle there. Terrific. What else, June? What other words or phrases might you think about when you think about bravery at work? Many times people think that being brave means not being afraid. I would say being brave means being afraid, but being willing to still take action. Yeah, a lot of people define bravery uh, and the feeling you have when bravery is needed, not something that you can change, right? That there's no magic formula that can make that nervousness or tightness of your stomach or drying of your throat go away. But it's about continuing to move forward, right? To continue to recognize that what you want to do or what you want to say is important and needs to be said or done. And despite what you're feeling, which everyone feels, even the most famous people in the world who do brave things, uh, the difference is that they don't let it prevent them, right? That they keep moving forward and keep making progress. Exactly. How about a bravery story, June? Uh, you know, you are in a interesting industry, travel, which of course, being a unknowledgeable observer must have been significantly impacted by the global coronavirus. So I'd love to hear a little bit about 
uh, that and or if you have a bravery story that you think might be interesting to our listeners. Sure, I would be happy to, sh- to, share, to share one. In, in 2019, Context was a global tour operator connecting intellectually curious travelers with deep subject matter experts in all of the cultural capitals around the world. So you can imagine being a traveler and visiting the lagoons of Venice with a marine geologist or Athens with a historian, Rome with an archaeologist, for example. In, in March 2020, you know, you, you, travel halted overnight. Booking stopped, cancellation spiked. No one knew if that was going to last two weeks, two months, or what. And it was a very scary period in time. There were so many ranges of emotion happening across the company, fear, uncertainty, panic. Um, it, it would have been easy to do nothing. Ed. It would have been easy to wait for more information, hope it would all go away. But we knew that we had to act quickly and we brought our network of global experts and their curated content online practically overnight. Uh, you know, there, I don't know if you want to, I can, I can get a little bit more in terms of just the, the ups and downs on that, uh, in that story. Tell me how much level of detail you would like it. Yeah, I think a couple of ups and downs might be good to hear, June. You know, we want our listeners to recognize that bravery takes different shapes and goes to different levels of degree. Sometimes bravery is a small, minor thing you say or do that still for you is very hard to do. And of course, others think think it's this magnanimous, right, huge, visible, uh, life-changing activity that's out there. And of course, we know there is no one type of bravery in the workplace. So yeah, if you could tell maybe one or two examples of what some of the pluses and minuses are of the decisions your organization made, that would be great. Sure. Personally, for me, I, I think this one felt more like the latter, where you that you, that when you just uh, explained, it, it was a bit more, a bit more life changing, probably. But um, so you know, when we talk about the ups and downs on the negative side, like so many other companies in the industry, we unfortunately had to lay off some staff last year to ensure that we could make it to the other side of this pandemic. But on the positive side, we defined and created an entirely new online product. Uh, I dare even say an entirely new market. Before we were a tour operator in the travel industry, and now we sit at the intersection of learning, travel, and the creator economy. It's been extremely gratifying talking to our tour guides and local experts. We created an entirely new income stream for them uh, at a point in their lives where they were extremely stressed and wondering you know, what was going to happen to them over the course of the next year with their business. Um, and you know, at a time when so many adults were feeling isolated and without community, we, we provided a platform for them to learn and connect with people, places, history. A little over a year later, I guess now, these decisions have paid off. Travel's opening back up. Our online learning business is here to stay, and we were lucky enough to be able to welcome back many team members that we had to let go of last year. So to summarize, I'd say we took a terrible situation with our backs against the wall, and we turned it into something positive, and we're building back, not just bigger, but but better. Well, this unexpected event of a coronavirus, which uh, I tell people all the time was uh unplanned for and unexpected uh, forced a lot of companies to look at what they did and how they did it in order to maintain revenue and keep going. I'm just wondering, you had mentioned that your decision to go virtual uh, 
especially during the height of the pandemic, was kind of like an overnight decision. But was this uh, a big shift to move in that direction, to go from in-person, of course, active tourism to a virtual experience? I would call it a, a natural shift. And the pandemic was a bit of a forcing mechanism for something, an extremely innovative opportunity that probably was there all along. For some of our experts, the online format was a little bit challenging. So, you know, I think everybody in the world went through this period where, oh, Zoom, how, do, how, how does that work? And, and um, all of the natural Zoom questions and issues. But um, it, it's really, at the end of the day, they had, they, we, we had scholars with fantastic deep knowledge about places and people and cultures. And that knowledge was something that they wanted to share with the world, pun intended, to bring context to our world. And even if they couldn't do it in person, uh, having that platform to do it online um, was a, a fairly, I, I, I won't call it seamless, but it, it made a lot of sense. Well, it sounds like a very natural uh, transition, as you mentioned, and sometimes even the most natural transitions require a catalyst, right? It's not something we would have thought of or would do on our own, and yet unexpectedly something hits us that requires us to pause and build our self-awareness and reflect on how we can continue to add value without shutting our doors. Agreed. You, uh, you know, when I read your intro uh, a few moments ago, I read that you are a person who believes that every individual can make a difference and that you have a vision for a just and equitable society. And I really do believe that that is one of the characteristics of somebody who needs to be brave at work. It's a kind of sense of proactiveness that if I see something that could be done differently and by default better, I need to say something and do something. Now, I'm just wondering, June, when you think of yourself as a person who believes in a just and equitable society and the belief that every individual can make a difference, you know, what does that mean? What, what, what does that look like as a person? For me, it really means finding grounds for mutual understanding. That's so much of the and, – and that's why I love the build business that we're building right now because it's about – bring context to our world so that knowledge is a means to a greater end, a means of common understanding, mutual understanding. I think when we look for a just and equitable society, when we want to create as leaders company cultures that foster this, it's really about putting yourself in the other person's shoes from you across the table, right? And I think perhaps by nature of the somewhat – non-cookie-cutter career path that I've taken um, and just the number of people that I've met around the world from many different walks in life, I've been able to find common ground and mutual understanding with so many different people that are so alike for me and so different for me in so many ways. And that is what I what I really try and encourage in, in the workplace, in relationships, is just really seeing similarities before differences first. You'll be amazed at, at what you uncover. Well, I love that definition, June. I love that model. I'm a huge fan of mutual understanding. I think this is one of the obstacles that we create when we are not brave at work or don't say or do something that we should because we don't believe that we are going to be effective at creating a mutual 
understanding, you know, that if I open my mouth or say something, my career will be over, right? So I'm not going to say or do something because it's easier to avoid it than to say something. So this goal of mutual understanding, and in some ways, what you're describing is empathy to really understand where the other person is coming from, why they think what they're thinking is such a critical characteristic of a great leader. One of my favorite quotes comes from Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit number five is seek first to understand, then be understood. And that's exactly what you're talking about, this need to really understand where the other person's coming from and why they're saying what they're saying before you weigh in. Is that similar to what you're thinking? Definitely. And speaking of, of great books, I'm currently reading six Six Hats of Thinking or Six Thinking Hats, but it essentially talks about everybody has a different framework for thinking. And if you go in and you and you kind of put on the different hats, you talk about it from the perspective of what are the facts? What are my what are my underlying beliefs and why am I coming to the table with this suggestion? And then you kind of take it from you know, you put on your emotional hat and you think about how can this actually um, affect how the other person is feeling. Then you put on your hat of what are all the ways that this can really work out well. Then you put on another hat, what are all the ways that it can really work out poorly? And you just kind of go through it as an active conversation with the people sitting around the table. It's it's I'm, It's been pretty enlightening uh, to have this framework. I've actually purchased a few copies for, for my leadership team and uh, we'll be reading it together. Great, great. It's a great book. And I can't remember what the six hats are specifically, but I will tell you that uh, what it talks about and what is important for our listeners to hear is that people are different, that everybody is not just like you. Everybody doesn't think just like you. Everybody doesn't start in the same place just like you. And we all come to situations and experiences in some ways very differently. And as a leader, if you're not aware of the fact that if something happens to the organization, how people react or how people approach it or what the impact is, isn't different then you're at a loss, right? You're starting from a bad spot. And so I think that's great, June, that you're exploring and looking into a model like the six hats that can help you understand the differences that people bring to their organization. How about ways that people can contact you, June, if they want to hear more about bravery or even context travel, which sounds like a fascinating organization. Uh, where can people go to find out more about June Chin? Sure. You, and your audience can reach me at June at contexttravel.com. That's June, just like the month, J-U-N-E, at context, C-O-N-T-E-X-T, travel, T-R-A-V-E-L.com. Uh, I would also encourage everyone to check out our offerings, www.contexttravel.com and online at www.contextlearning.com. Com. Fantastic. Well, June, it was great speaking with you today. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. Likewise, Ed. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, 
and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.